0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout and coach, and this is episode 146. The Weekly Word Podcast is an ultra endurance resource. On this podcast, we talk more than just training details. Each episode, I try to dive into all aspects of ultra endurance, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep, what I call regeneration. I train some extreme ultra endurance athletes, but I also coach those that have a full-time job and family. Not only are their adventures extreme, but they all went pro in something other than ultra endurance. This takes a special discipline and commitment and a special type of athlete, and I respect that. Today, we're gonna dive into a lot of mindset, but we're also gonna return to emails and a variety of questions that have come up over the last few weeks. So let's dive right in. With four months remaining in 2020, What you do today is shaping you into the endurance athlete you can be in 2021. For many of us, an organized event had been the milestone by which we validated our commitment, our consistency, our decision to repeatedly be uncomfortable, to do the hard thing each day. But with the glimmer of hope being extinguished daily, with more cancellation of events that were rescheduled, athletes are feeling lost. I dove into this topic a little bit, and I want to discuss it this week on the podcast. I listened to a TED Talk, The Psychology of Your Future Self, by Harvard psychologist and and author, Dr. Daniel Gilbert. And he explains the bias that we all have. We tend to think that the person we are today is the person we will always be. Now, we all know how much life can change. These last seven months are a clear indicator for that. Not only have we changed as people, but our culture, our economy, our society, and our daily routines and rituals have changed dramatically. We know change is possible. Add to this, most of you listening have decided to change as well. Change the athlete you currently are, or to bring out the endurance athlete you can be. Change is nothing unfamiliar to you. But these are two different scenarios of change. One is out of our control, the current environment and situation regarding COVID, and one is within our control. The athletes I coach and many of you listening do not really fit in the category of the TED Talk since, as mentioned, you are already in a state of change. But given the current environment and so much change, we can feel overwhelmed and, as I mentioned, lost. Despite an awareness that our past self is clearly different than our present self, right? Your progress. We tend to think of ourselves, who we are right now, as the real or finished version of ourselves. And our future self will be basically the same as who we are today. Many associate this with age. We want to remain as fit or strong or fast as we used to be and therefore limit our future potential to be fitter, stronger, smarter, or faster. As Gilbert puts in that TED Talk, human beings are works in progress that mistakenly think they're finished. This is especially true of us as athletes who went pro in something other than the sport we are doing. It's much easier to default to the present disappointment of our environment, of our situation, of our canceled events, than to imagine a different future. But if you don't take time to imagine the endurance athlete you want to be, then you're stuck reacting to becoming whatever athlete life carries you towards. That path is pulling you versus you controlling, dictating, being on the path. Plenty of research has shown that shaping your desired outcomes, your future athletic self, requires deliberate practice. We've talked about deliberate practice on this podcast. Purposeful practice, I call it, where you know your outcome, you're focused on its intent, you have clarity around it. There's intention, clarity, and purpose. The big thing, purpose around that workout. You know what you're trying to achieve and therefore execute it to the best of your ability. It's not just going through the motions. And it is specific to the event and the growth that you're looking to have. You can't effectively go somewhere without directions and you need a clear vision of that future desired outcome in order to shape your athlete self in the process. In addition, we know and much of the research shows that both motivation, what we're currently struggling with, and hope stem from a combination of clear desired outcomes and the belief that you can succeed. That's very important hope ties into belief if you didn't believe in a better future if you didn't believe and have faith in a better future in that future athlete self of yours you wouldn't be doing what you're doing with regards to training or thinking about doing what you're doing with regards to training if you didn't believe that that future version of yourself was a better version of yourself that that athlete version of yourself that endurance athlete version of yourself it has to be a better version and that's what creates hope because you hope believe have faith that that will be a better version now you don't want to stay the version you currently are because you know there's a capability and a hope faith belief that that future version is going to serve you better, that you will be a better version of that. So you have that belief that you can succeed and you need a path to get there. We've talked about this as well. Clear, desired outcome, the belief that you can succeed and a path to get there. So here we are at the start of the final quarter of 2020. Most of us have a clear, desired outcome we want to achieve as endurance athletes, right? We all have goals, we all have events, we all have things that we want to achieve. But if we put that all together, those are outcomes we believe we want to achieve. We believe we can get there and time is our ally. And we know the path to get there is (laughs) via training, via continuing to grow, to build, to get stronger, smarter, to then reapply all that better fitness better smarts with regards to the training better efficiencies and continue to grow layer upon layer and layer and go further forward but when looking at motivation and hope i like to include Fromm's approach Fromm's approach you say well he was a author and psychologist from germany and eric erich from And his approach talks about having versus being. And I like this because it talks about you are an endurance athlete. Having versus being. You all are endurance athletes. Given all the training you have already completed this year, the commitment you have shown, and the path you have already traveled. So who you are in the now versus where you are coming from in the past, you've already made incredible progress have grown and become fitter, have shown commitment, have shown resilience, have shown consistency, have gotten fitter, stronger, better, faster, smarter. Right. So from where you're coming from, you are already living the life and applying the life and being an endurance athlete. Having an event, a medal, a result is not needed in your being an endurance athlete. Having versus being. Having something to show that you are succeeding, to show for yourself, even not for others, just even for yourself, to show that you're an endurance athlete is not necessary because you are already being one. You're living the life of one. You're training like one. You're consistent like one. You've persevered like one. There's a growing field in positive psychology. We just talked about some of that in the last two or three episodes. That find humans aren't solely driven by their past, but rather, and this is important, humans aren't solely driven by their past. They are driven somewhat by their past, but they are rather drawn forward by their own views of the future. I heard something the other day about how our past is the raw materials of which we dictate our future And with that, it's like having a variety of raw material on a piece of paper and then the story you want to write from it going forward. The picture you want to paint. And that is our narrative. We have a variety of past inputs, the raw materials. We can't change that. But can we use those? Can we shuffle those? Can we apply those in a way going forward that creates a more positive, more powerful, A more momentous future this is what i refer to as our path when we're drawn forward by our new narrative of our future it creates tailwinds and momentum and our path as i've talked about in endurance athletics is a lot as it unfolds in front of us because those raw materials the way i see it are starting to sink or settle into place and the Puzzle or the golden road, the bricks start coming together as we walk the path. And it's important to remain on that path because as it pulls us forward, guides us towards our North Star, that future athlete version of ourselves, or any version of ourselves, it is important we're on the path. Put simply, your behavior in the present can predominantly be shaped by your view of your own future. As I said so often, in order to become someone you have never been, then your behavior in the present will need to reflect that. In order to become someone you've never been, let's say the endurance athlete that you're looking to become, you have to do things differently than before because you're you're growing, you're shaping a narrative into a, into a future that you've never been. But your behavior in the present needs to reflect that the willingness to change, the willingness to stay committed, the willingness to be on the path. So who is your future self? Only you have an answer to that question. As Dr. Gilbert explains in that TED Talk, the first step is imagining, envisioning your your future endurance athletic self or your future endurance athlete self, sorry. Your future self is not someone you discover, someone you decide to be right you again you are taking action you are deciding to be again being versus having you're deciding to be an endurance athlete not because of medals not because of finish lines not because of accolades not because of personal um understanding that you finished a 50 miler or a hundred miler or an Ironman, man right you are that person already you will be that person On the Monday after the Ironman, after the the 100 miler, after the 50 miler, after the 50k, after your self-curated adventure, you will be the same endurance athlete you were the day before. You have the work and the training and the consistency and all that within you. So your behavior in the present already reflects that. Your future self is not someone you discover, but someone you decide to be your future self because you're taking the raw materials of your past that you can't just shed but you're applying them you're molding them into a better story of who you want to be the endurance athlete or whatever it is you want to apply this thinking to one way to begin that process of envisioning that future self future endurance self to stay on topic is through journaling Start by asking yourself, what are one to three things that I could do today to make progress towards my future endurance athletic self? Any action you take, anything you do, will likely be outside of your comfort zone, as we said earlier, since in order to become someone you have never been, you have to do things you haven't done before. Keep in mind, your current comfort zone is also determined by your current personality. Again, raw materials and stories and so forth, narrative. But if you push through that initial discomfort, you'll over time grow, as we know where we've come from already as athletes through this weird COVID year, you'll grow into the athlete you want to be having versus being. Take control of being. That can make this fourth quarter of 2020 the most effective quarter of this bizarre twilight zone year important in this is understanding that your identity something that you are in control of can dictate is far more powerful than personality our identity something we want to be drives our behaviors which over time become our personality again raw materials put that together future self creating your na- narrative Your personality, the sum of your consistent attitudes and behaviors is merely a byproduct of identity. Your narrative is the story you tell yourself, tell about yourself. Your narrative tied to this identity is the story you tell about yourself, past, present, and future. Past are those raw materials. Present is who we are now. Future is what we dictate, is what we identify with and create those consistent attitudes and behaviors around. If your identity is rooted in your past, working with those raw materials and not trying to mold them into a new story, into a new narrative, and applying that into your present, that's a fixed mindset that can make your personality feel overwhelmingly permanent. But if you focus on envisioning your future athlete self, your future self in general, Instead of being stuck on your current self, working only with the raw materials the way they're presented, it becomes possible to change your narrative, right? Envisioning our endurance, athletic, future self, that better version allows us to change and mold that narrative. This isn't just something you think about. This is something you want to be. It's not like you're pretending, but you're rather honestly and humbly acknowledging and showing to the outside world that you believe your future self, your future endurance athlete self is in fact the person you already are today because you're already living it. You're doing the work for it. You're training for it. You're applying yourself for it. You're being consistent with it. You're showing the discipline with it. You're doing the resilience part through COVID with this. Your future is in fact a different person than you who you are today. Your future athlete self is, of course, we know that based off of your actions and your daily discipline and you enjoying being an endurance athlete self and being an endurance athlete, excuse me, is going to be a different person who you are today. But you also have come from a past that has already transformed and grown so much. Now, of course, all of this takes a lot of courage what you're doing pushing through this time without the finish lines, without the events to make you feel good about your progression, feel good about your progression. That's the distinction. It takes courage, courage to know and be connected to that. It is having a very positive growth mindset effect. And we have extended ourselves in many ways by saying we're going to do an Iron Man to our circle, or saying we're gonna do a fifty mile or a hundred mile or this adventure or self-curated this or that expedition or that thing way off the grid. And telling people what you want to be and who you would like to become is very powerful. You have already taken that path because you have done the training so far. And it's important about not being defined by the present this current environment but again being defined by who you want to be that future self is already dictating my current behaviors right we said a few times already we are all in a constant state of becoming that brings us back to the ted talk we're not finished with growing we're constantly changing we're constantly in a state of becoming that's change So let your desired future endurance athlete self be the thing predicting your current behavior. Don't let your past self dictate that. It contributes, again, raw materials. Your behavior shows you the type of person you think you are, solidifying what you endeavor to be, and it eventually becomes your personality. It's your behavior that creates your personality, not the other way around. Becoming, who do we want to be? Start acting like your future self rather than your former self, that's all. And with that, despite no events, despite no finish lines, despite not waking up on a Monday morning with a medal around your neck, for lack of a better description, you are still that. You are already your future self living that today. Don't be defined by the now, live your future self in the now. Embrace the learning and failure, engage in that deliberate practice. So over time, you'll grow into your own ever evolving, growing story. That's where we currently are with COVID. And that's where we currently are with no events. And that's where we currently are in the fourth quarter where we're seeing events being canceled. And sure, I can list all the events that you, my athletes, are doing. And that's great. And I'm so proud of you guys for that. But on the other hand, we continue to grow. We continue to enact the future endurance athlete self that we are in the current. And we continue to live that lifestyle in the now and apply the behaviors in the now that we see our future self being. We get to live and feel and have the accolades in the now of that future athlete we want to be. You are all endurance athletes because of the training and the consistency and the resilience and the work you have done. Look where you've come from. Look what you went through this past six months and you continue to train and you continue to put forth that discipline, consistency and resilience that makes you. By definition, because you've been doing it so long through difficult conditions, through turmoil, and endurance athlete. It's wonderful. And we continue to move forward into 2021 through this fourth quarter, growing into an even better version of ourselves, into that future growth version of ourselves. We're not done. We're not finished. There's no finish line here. There's no metal around our neck for the person we want to become. We're not looking to have anything, we are being. Um, let's dive into some emails and let's dive into some thoughts here and some tangents of the ultra endurance daily life that we're living. Hi Chris, I've been training zone two for the last three months. Based on your podcast interview with a German beginner and athlete, I also train for three to four days a week. It is largely 5 minutes warm-up followed by 45 minutes of zone 2 run-walk, then 5 minutes cooling down. On a side note, so many of my athletes ask me, well, what do I need warm-up and cool-down for if my (laughs) zone 2 has me going so easy anyway? Um, Yeah, that's a good point. But we still want the body to find sort of a steady rhythm, get the blood pressure, pumping and flowing get some sweat going i hope at zone two and just get the movement and the joints and any type of achiness and get sort of that lighting light footedness back go on us warm-up isn't necessarily a temperature thing of our body that we get a major sweat going or that we get the heart rate up it's more to signal to the body especially for us in zone two signal the body that it's getting ready for a workout a specific outcome it's getting ready for training it's getting ready for consistent movement and so forth so just because the wording is warm up and cool down doesn't necessarily mean it's in the typical format that we think of warm up and cool down but again let's signal the body that we're getting ready for a workout loosen up the joints loosen up the body loosen up the back get the blood flow going elevate the heart rate somewhat even if it is in zone two and then get the clock going two days a week uh, i'm doing strides after zone two run one day flat strides one day hill strides Um, then come down and two minutes rest also doing long zone to run walk on the weekend so i can see this question is more based on the consult i had with the austrian lady a few months ago about her training and getting ready for a half marathon i think it was My first goal is to run a 10K in less than an hour. Personal best is 104. I've tried various techniques, including um, strength, mobility, and suppleness training for nine months and then running the last two months, but my time slowed to 107. Do you have any suggestions on what could give me a significant improvement in speed while keeping the heart rate down? Can I reach the outcome following the routine mentioned above, but replacing the weekend zone to long run to race speeds runs progressively, increasing distance? Well, my question is, why would you want to do a 10K at a low heart rate? Why are you looking to keep the heart rate down? A 10K race and effort and PR and push, you don't want the heart rate down. You actually want it in zone four, zone five plus um, for as much as possible. And so your ability to tolerate zone four, zone five for an hour becomes the training focus. Zone two here, while creating a platform is nice, Um, We also want to be able to run fast. And so this isn't necessarily endurance training. This is more speed training. And so I would surely integrate a variety of speed workouts and a variety of tempo workouts and the occasional zone two workout. It flips the narrative almost. Let's do less zone two, maybe one possibly two workouts like that a week maybe the second one's an active recovery one and then a fair amount of tempo maybe two workouts of tempo zone three upper zone three work and then surely a couple of key sessions at zone four and zone five where you could start working on speed of a 10k for example you know running to a track doing 10 times 400 um, with let's say 20 or 30 seconds rest maybe you need not even need to start at 45 seconds rest but those are significantly faster than 10k speed and then after those 10 400s or 12 or 16 that you build up to then you go out from that fatigue from that leg turnover from that effort and see if you can hold your desired one hour uh, your desired 10k pace so for me If I were looking at this, I would think, okay, so that's 10-minute miles. So after that track workout, immediately from the 10th one or the 12th one, take my 20, 30 seconds or 45 seconds rest as discussed, and then go out and run three miles at sub-10-minute mile pace. It doesn't have to be six. It could be a 5K instead. But if you're doing that, now we're getting somewhere because you can – dig into the pain of what those last three miles will need to feel like you are familiar with threshold you are familiar with persevering through that zone and tolerance and you don't get uncomfortable with being uncomfortable so completely different approach, a 10K in an hour or less event than um, a lot of the things we discuss on here. And so it's, it's a difficult comparison to use zone two approach for a fast 10K. My second goal is to run a half mar- marathon in less than two hours. What do you think is it better to focus on goal one for the for one year and then go for this goal or aim for the second and the first will happen automatically? Um, no, um, I think they're two different events. Sure, you might say uh, 21 kilometers and 10 kilometers. Well, twice as long is going to require different training. And so I would personally, in order to see that my training is Um, effective and i've built the proper plan for myself would want to do the 10k and then i could increase my zone two time i can increase my zone three time decrease my zone four time to start building up my endurance and my capacity stamina both those for a two hour event a 13.1 mile event a 21 kilometer event to answer that question i think i did um i think there you can see there are different approaches and but the layering is different and that's mainly the point here what do i need to do to be what is my desired outcome and how do i stimulate the proper zones and training and mental fortitude for it you could be fast as anything in training but how are you getting used to for a 10k what those last 3k 2k feel like and your body is telling you to slow down and you want to be familiar with pushing through and speeding up or just not slowing down as we know with most efforts whether an endurance effort or a speed effort it's when the body and the mind starts telling us, no, we must say yes. That's how it works. And I was listening to something today about self-talk and it was an interesting conversation. Do we wanna prep for self-talk? And a lot of people would wonder, well, why would I talk to myself? And I think many of you listening are plenty familiar with that. But the, the way they described it was, you can choose to talk to yourself and take the impetus take the and, and determine the direction of the conversation or you can be talked to by the monkey mind in your brain right the devil on your shoulder do you want to be talked to and have to respond or do you want to self-talk and take the initiative and be positive and be familiar with what may come up because you've practiced in your self-talk something to contemplate We touched on this next topic a few weeks ago, but I wanna reiterate it because it is coming up more and more as these deferments and rescheduling are pushing into 2021. I think they all are now, actually. My emails that I'm getting talk more around what is it I should choose for 2021. And given that we have so much uncertainty still, I'm surely saying to all my athletes, take what you can get sign up for as much as you can want they offer and if we have too many events right after a year of no events we would love to be able to turn one down defer it again or just not do it right it's fine because i'd rather have a menu selection of things to choose from that i know are happening Versus not having signed up for something and then, you know, not being able to participate. The other thing that's come up is there's a variety of things you want to stay connected to the race directors. You want to stay on top of what they're offering. Oftentimes they're offering smaller events or other little ideas and events. And let's say they're 50K i saw just now somebody was doing it okay well we can't do it in our traditional format but we have a high school track or we have a cross-country course of the local high school team that we're allowed to with enough people and the course at the same time do over the next you know three-day weekend which means on saturday 10 uh, or, uh, you know 40 people are allowed on the loop on sunday 40 people and on friday 40 and so you get your 50k in in that window on your day whatever however they determine when the heats go off but at least you're getting it in and it's you know of course it's not an epically beautiful scenic out and back single loop 50k or even 50 mile or whatever the logistics are but you're getting a chance to do something and while I talk a fair amount about, you know, not needing the validation, not needing the metal around your neck, I'm not saying we don't take advantage and do it when it is offered. I'm just saying there's a delicate balance between the two. And it's delicate because on the one hand, we seize opportunity, seize the chance to do something, but we also don't need it in order to continue forward on our journey, in order to be that future self we wanna be and continue to live out the current endurance athlete we are. And that's the important thing here. Have choices, have selection, have a variety of ideas, and then have a menu of events to choose from. They, so we talked about race directors. We talked about having choices. But then there's also, I've been hearing, one of my athletes pointed this out to me, and that there's also smaller Facebook groups with these uh, race directors. And so stay in touch with them. Stay in touch with smaller groups or your local running club or your local triathlon club on what smaller, more below-the-radar events are happening too. Again, connecting with community is important in this. That's the one thing I don't want to get away from as we're sort of working through this fourth quarter and the last six months. It's important to stay connected to the community. Sure, you train on your own and we don't mes- necessarily need the metal around our neck as a finisher and a finish line. But still being connected virtually to our our brethren of endurance athletes is important. Still being connected and seeing them out there training. Maybe we're not training with each other, but you cross each other on the road. You come across each other on trails and so forth, or see each other at open water opportunities or at the pool. I currently am back at the pool myself. Everybody in their own lane and it's certain protocols But at least I'm seeing people. I'm still feeling connected to my swimming community. So stay with that. Stay engaged with that. That's another little, little sprinkle of um, connectiveness and engagement to help us through this fourth quarter and the darker winter months. Now, of course, with my athletes, Um, I have the Coast Ride coming up, so that'll be a wonderful way with 16, not all of my athletes, but 16 athletes to be able to connect for a week and share stories and experiences and adventures together, of course, and that motivates people for many weeks from that. And that's why over the years, one of the advantages and one of the joys of the California Coast Ride, and people have asked me, why do you do it in January? Well, A, I like the roads to be emptier in January, but the main reason has always been that it pulls people from across the country out of difficult conditions, cold weather, snow, ice, dark, to California to do an epic ride. It keeps them motivated in November and December to stay on their bike or on their train or in the basement in the dark early mornings in the garage for hours on a weekend. And yet, on the other hand, it also keeps the motivation and the excitement and the experience and the glow going for many weeks after January. So it gets many through winter. It gets many through that window of having, being able to say, you know what? I had that week in January. It really split up the season for me because I got back, it was almost February, and then I only needed to hang on for another six weeks. That's been a constant feedback of the California coast ride. So that's a nice component of what we wanna consider for the next few weeks and months as well. What is it that we can still do that will carry a glow and excitement and experience with it through the winter? And for many, that's a self-curated event. Makes total sense. Now, the struggles with self-curated events are, are that we don't like to deal with the logistics. I get it. That's what we pay a race director for. That's what we pay a race for, so we don't have to think about those things. But let's also keep it simple. In order to do a trail event, we just need to place, park, park, A few items further out there and then do loops, right? We can, you know, it just depends on how we want to structure it. We can make it very boring, (laughs) right? And do small loops in nature and just keep running back to our car. Possible. I once in my 100 mile training, I was tired of running the same trails. I mean, I live in paradise and yet I was still tired of running the same trails because, I mean, as you all know, you still, in order to get out into the bigger playground, sort of always take the same feeder trails or on your bike, same feeder roads out onto the bigger playground. And so I was getting tired of those feeder roads. And part of that training, I once instead went the other way, ran a 1.5 mile loop um, in the flat sort of marsh fields on the other side of our town. And it's great. It's a 1.5-mile loop. Well, I did it 20 times, I think. It was 22 times to make it a marathon. <laughs> was it boring? Of course. But did it get the job done? Was I, did I have water? Did I have food? Was it measurable? Absolutely. And you sort of you turn your brain off and think about different things another thing i've done in my 100 mile training in order to exactly that still get somewhat of the terrain in i ran a two uh, a 4.1 mile loop around a reservoir up here on mount Tam, and i just parked my car on one side as in where the parking lot is and it starts and i ran that for nine hours you know was it boring? Yes, I did 10 in one direction, 10 in the other direction, <laughs> and it was a pretty flat loop. Um, I started at 6 a.m., and I was done around 3 in the afternoon. I think it was like a 45-mile run or a 43-mile run. It was part of my big training weekend in order to, you know, as you, many of you have heard how I train athletes and myself for a 100 miler, we put some of those bigger weekends and crunch it together, right? So that was the weekend where I did like 43 on that morning. The next morning I did 20 and the previous afternoon I did like 25. So I basically got a 90 miles or 95 miles in a 48 hour window. That was the goal. So the other components I did, but this one I wanted it to, to be more measured and focused. Can this be done for a 50 miler? Can it be done for a 50K? Of course. But that's what I'm saying. If you don't want to deal with the logistics, you're going to have to deal with the boredom. If you want to deal with the don't want to deal with the boredom, you're going to have to deal with the logistics. But there's a solution for all this. And it's in the planning. And some of you aren't wired for this. I get that. But it's in the planning that you get the excitement that you prepare and you start visualizing your event so that while you're doing the training you're also working on the logistics here and there it's not just work only on logistics then do the training or work only on the training and then a week or two out do the logistics they should all be happening at the same time so as you're going through the next seven eight 10, 12 weeks you're fine-tuning the logistics more and more but you're also carrying that the logistics And the excitement and how it's going to unfold into your training and next thing you know you're actually having a totally different level of fun in your training and that's what we're looking for especially for self-curated events as we're going through this time of what do i do Um, and lastly keep in mind there's ways to do self-curated events with friends and they don't have to be structured and clean like we're talking about they could be um, your friend rides the bike or and you do the run portion of a multi, multi-sport event. It doesn't need to match the triathlon focus, um, but there's many ways to create an adventure with friends. Let's say they're not as fit or they are super fit and super fast and you're not. There's ways to put that together. And you'd be surprised mm-hmm. how many athletes are still wanting to connect with other athletes for something that's sort of different i've talked to a variety of athletes since my tahoe um, event and they've said you have the logistics for that and i'd love to do that and can you help me put that together in notes these aren't my athletes they're they're friends of mine who are ultra runners and western states runners and they're local so they're excited to give it a whirl themselves i love that or you know i'm thinking or planning A week-long of events with my athletes in late November uh, in late October and we're gonna put a variety of different events and distances together people can do all of it people can do some of it but again it's part of a community it gives everybody an opportunity to take part it's thinking about how they're going to execute it in their own space terrain location and also at that time of year late October what does that mean with temperatures and weather and rain and so forth? But for the next eight weeks, as we go towards that, it's in that planning, in that excitement. We're having weekly Zoom calls about it, talking about through logistics and prep so that we're all prepping together for that big week in eight weeks from now. Community, initiative, excitement, envisioning, being part of it it's one of those things that in many years from now we're going to look back and go what did we do during covid did we live or were we just merely alive did we initiate or do we merely respond did we go through the motions or did we take action there's a lot of things we can do in this environment and we don't want to be stuck in a fixed mindset i know buzzword lately of well, this is where we are. We're stuck and there's not much I can do. There is always something we can do. And if you have questions, email me. I'll talk about them here on the podcast. All right. I hope that helped on a few thoughts. And as you go into the fourth quarter, and as we're moving forward into 2021, some strategies, some prep, some mindset, some outlook, some perspective to where we're going. We don't want this to be easy. I know we all say we want it to be easy, but uncertainty is where life is. We've talked about this. It's in the difficulties. It's in the uncertainty. It's in the changes. It's in the breaks of the routine where life finds its spice. And if life were all just measurable, routine, certainty, it would be boring. And I know we don't need these circumstances, COVID and the many deaths and difficulties that have come from it, I understand that. I'm not talking in that realm. I'm talking for us. As we persevere through this time, overcoming difficulty is where resilience comes into play obstacles are thrown our way this current time is thrown our way and we still got through it in in the face of adversity we persevered that's called resilience achieving an outcome despite obstacles despite being thrown a curveball but despite a world pandemic that we continue to grow move forward and get better and so around that, while I was bringing up uncertainty and that we don't want it, if we all conformed, if it were all easy, if it we're all nice and smooth and simple, it would be boring. Do we need this much excitement? No. But even though we're, we don't want this situation, we're in it. And how will we take action? How will we respond? I heard... Responsibility is your ability to respond. Response, ability, responsibility. How are we responding? What abilities are we showing? Are we highlighting? Are we bringing out of ourselves as we respond in this current environment? Not how long will this take until COVID is over? How far and how much can I grow? That's what we talk about. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I might be off next week in prep for the Oregon Coast Ride, but I think I will get in a few comments. During the Oregon Coast Ride, we're going to have a variety of tidbits because David's going to be along with me, and I have every intention that he talks to me every day for 10, 15 minutes. We record that, and we put those nuggets together into... A podcast so i look forward to doing that as well something different but until then have a great week stay strong stay fit stay connected stay healthy stay positive stay growing stay focused on your future self see the opportunity see the light that could be at the end of this tunnel and we'll talk there